Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. People facing deportation in Cook County now have access to legal counsel from the Public Defender's Office. That's because the county is rolling out its new immigration unit. Advocates say it's part of a larger strategy for universal representation, a day when everyone facing deportation has an attorney in court. Joining us now to discuss is Cook County Commissioner Alma Anaya. Commissioner, welcome to Reset. Thank you so much for having me, Sasha. Also with us is Ere Rendon, Vice President of Immigrant Justice at the Resurrection Project. Ere, welcome back. Thank you for having me. And Guadalupe Perez is a staff attorney with the Public Defender's new immigration unit. Lupe, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. So you all just held a press conference downtown to discuss this issue. So thank you so much, first of all, for rushing over to Navy Pier to join me here in studio. Uh, but I'll turn to you first, Lupe. Can you talk to us more about this new law and what it essentially allows your immigration unit to do now? Yes, so the immigration unit pilot is a historic initiative. Um, for the first time, indigent non-citizens facing removal proceedings in the federal immigration court have the possibility of obtaining legal representation with the Cook County Public Defender's Office. So we are already accepting cases and have represented people in front of the Chicago Immigration Court. So you've already started. How many cases so far? So we've accepted a little bit over a dozen cases in the first two months that the unit has existed. And how is this unit staffed? So far, we have three attorneys and one um, paralegal. Okay. And, and Commissioner, you, you spoke today at the, the press conference. What was the atmosphere like? It was excitement. I think um, this has been a project uh, many years in its making. Um, you know, we were talking about maybe three more. Um, Cook County hadn't had that, right? We're the biggest county now that is going to be able to represent individuals in immigration court. And that is such a historic moment, just like Lupe highlighted. Is it surprising that it's taking a while to get here? Uh, to some extent it is, but I think um, it has been a lot of advocacy throughout the years. I think there have been a lot of people that have really built up to this moment, and that's why we were today celebrating, and we're obviously joining a lot of our advocates in, in celebration and in a lot of joy. Yeah, and I, I'm going to ask you to help us back up a little bit, right? Your organization, uh, the Resurrection Project, has been working on this issue for several years now, right? Yeah. So how, how did this all start? Yeah, so... You know, for a while, the, neither the city nor the state nor the county were investing in making sure that immigrants had representation, whether it be through deportation or because they're able to adjust their status or uh, U visas. Um, so we've been working to make sure that all three uh, levels of government recognize the fact that we're here, that we pay our taxes as well, um, and that due process is also important for immigrants. Um, so a few years ago, we started um, to focus on Cook County itself um, and started the Defenders for All Coalition, uh, which has been more is made up of more than 40 organizations across the state that's pushing for making sure that we uh, have the county also responding to the need. Mm -hmm. um, and we recognize that the public defenders are the best set up to do this because it should be public to protect your due process and because they're going to be able to you know get large and be able to get to that goal of universal representation. Yeah. Lupe, uh, the governor signed a pair of bills last year to provide legal counsel and fund public information campaigns 
so that immigrants know their rights. Can you tell us more about that? Do you want? I think I'll pass this on to Edison. Yeah, she has sure. been working yeah. on. Yeah. So last year we were able to pass a, a bill um, that established a jurisdiction for uh, Cook County Public Defenders to be able to do this. It was Defenders for All carried by a Representative Gongershwitz and Senator Aquino. Um, the Representative Gongershwitz also passed a bill um, that established Know Your Rights education at all levels of government agencies. So now if you go into any agency, you should know what your rights are, what mm-hmm. you're entitled to as an immigrant. Um, and what you cannot and can right um, apply for and how it will affect you. Um, there's been also funding from the state um, called Access to Justice, uh, which is a program that allows uh, nonprofits like ours or um, other uh, 60 agencies across the state to be able to receive funding for the first time to be able to represent immigrants in detention wow. and, and just immigrants generally in any kind of immigration case. That's incredible. Commissioner, why would you say programs like this are necessary here in Cook County? Plain and simple, they change lives um, and they protect uh, our immigrant population. For a very long time, Cook County has been at the forefront of protecting immigrants and so has the state. We've really stepped up and really provided uh, support systems for our immigrants. Um, And I think that this program is uh, another extension of that. It's definitely another way of saying we have immigrants here. We love our immigrants. We're going to protect our immigrants Mm -hmm. and we're going to be able to put our resources and funding behind that. Um, We're not just saying we're a sanctuary. um, We're we're proving it by ensuring that the resources are getting to our communities. What are you hearing from from residents? They're excited. I think, again, um, this is uh, a moment, a pivotal moment where we're seeing that uh, the different levels of government are recognizing. And obviously, during the pandemic, our immigrant population really suffered. They weren't able to get resources from the federal government. Um, They were excluded from a lot of uh, resources. And this is a way of us saying we're going to, again, protect our immigrants and we're going to continue um, to to put the resources behind that. Um, and I think our constituents, I represent the biggest concentration of immigrants in the whole county. Um, and I hear oftentimes how our constituents feel ignored. Uh, and this is a way of, again, recommitting re, uh, re, um, uh, re to our communities yeah. about uh, our protections. Uh, Lupe, what types of cases are you able to take on? So right now we are prioritizing those cases that are that within which individuals are facing removal proceedings in front of the Chicago Immigration Court. And we take any type of cases in whichever form of relief that they may have. Um, our requirements are that they do not have the resources to hire a private attorney and that they have any ties to Cook County, whether that's residency, employment, or whether they are current or past clients of the Cook County Public's Defender's Office. But we're also part of this initiative mm-hmm. with the Midwest Immigrant Defenders Alliance, which opens up up um, potential representation to even a broader class of immigrants. Um, So we'll be observing court once a week and anyone who has an initial master calendar hearing and who does not have representation will have the option. Do you have to filter it anymore? Do you have to still decide what cases to take on? Because, you know, with three attorneys, you can't serve everybody. Yes, that's exactly right. But this is why we're collaborating with other legal aid organizations mm-hmm. so that we have increased capacity. And how long do these cases usually take to adjudicate? It can vary. Sometimes some cases take a couple of months. Sometimes they take longer to six months. It really depends on what the individual qualifies for, what they want to do in their case, um, and the family as well. 
oftentimes the people in these proceedings are the primary breadwinners and their families suffer Mm -hmm. economic and emotional repercussions for having their loved one detained. Yeah. And talk to us about the uh, the biggest barriers that you've seen when it comes to people trying to seek counsel in these removal procedures. Um, Well, there's several barriers. One is that usually it's the breadwinner who's detained. And so all of a sudden you don't have any funds to be able to, to be able to pay and Private attorneys probably start around $5,000 to represent you. Um, And you're going to see a lot more in the $7,000 to $10,000 range to get a private attorney. Um, On top of the fact that, um, you know, if people get bonds, you do have to pay 100% of your bond. Um, And the minimum bond is $1,500, although Mm. things tend to range between $5,000 to $10,000 as well. Um, And so definitely paying is the largest and the other is you're detained right you are you're you don't really have access to be walking around or calling a bunch of attorneys and trying to find one um your family also may not speak english or may they're not maybe they haven't been here as long as you have and so like finding an attorney is is very challenging there's also a limited amount of attorneys um so there's there's several barriers and hopefully removing the fact that you no longer have to pay as well as the fact that they're go- physically going into the court and saying you don't have an attorney we're here to represent you if you want. Yeah. I want your help to to help us underscore this at a you know the the importance overall for undocumented immigrants to have access to legal representation in court. Just for the person who's listening right now who's still not making the connection as to why this is such a big deal because it's a big deal yeah it's huge um i mean one the accomplishment is huge and also you know we uh, in our constitution right it's due process is protected you are innocent until you're proven guilty you should have representation you should be able to talk to your attorney about what are the options should i you know some folks do choose to go back to their home country if that's the best option for them there's many times where they can't because they fled they fled persecution um and so making sure that an attorney knows that that they're able to represent you in a potential asylum case um is massive um you know, and in the last in some studies have shown that in 2012, of all of the people that were unrepresented, only five percent won their cases. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, and, and you're two times more likely um, to win your case if you have representation. So it's just it's protecting due process and it's making sure that folks aren't going to be sent back to a place where they may one and probably have, no longer have ties and then two may um, face some a life-threatening situation. Yeah well picking up off of those statistics I'm, I'm looking at you Lupe talk to us more about how having an attorney really impacts the outcome of these deportation cases. Yes so individuals who are in removal proceedings they are in front of an immigration judge and across from them is a government attorney who has years of experience, who has the law behind them, knowledge of the law, access to documents. And you're asking an individual to put forward a case who does not speak the language, who does not have the resource, who does not have access to evidence while they are detained. Sounds like it could be intimidating. Exactly. And add on top of that, if they have family in the United States, the emotional toll it takes to move forward while knowing that your family is suffering because you are detained. Commissioner, I I hear that this is also personal for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm an immigrant. I was undocumented. um, And I I see families, um, not only mine, but others go through this. Um, I've been in immigration court, not only to do research on, of course, this project, but Mm -hmm. like just for personal reasons. And I think that it is a very daunting um, 
task to ask individuals who may um, not understand the complexity of immigration law, especially because it's ever evolving in so many ways, to ask them to represent themselves. Um, and I think I, I talk about, you know, me being in court and uh, oftentimes in San Francisco where I got to actually see the impact of having someone um, really backing an individual, really reassuring and really having that knowledge that, that Lupe is referring to. Um, and I think it's extremely important for us to do something as a government entity to be able to protect our constituents, be able to protect the individuals that live here in Cook County. Um, and I guess I again, I see it um, not only in reflected in my own personal life, but with the with the people that I represent. Yeah. Uh, and how does um as, as the commissioner mentions San Francisco, I, I wonder how Cook County's immigration unit compares to similar programs that you've seen in other major cities across the country. Yeah, so this is, you know, we have the potential of becoming the largest because Cook County is actually the largest jurisdiction right now that is going to have this unit. New York has a similar project, but New York's public defender set up differently because it's all private public defenders. Um, and then San Francisco, um, you know, it only took seven attorneys for them to get to universal representation. So oh, wow. it's smaller there, but um, we are able to, when, when you kind of see that number, um, that is not something that seems like out of the world, right, that we can reach there. Um, so the other difference as well is that the public defenders and other organizations is, are helping establish more organizations to do this work. So it will become organizations like National Immigrant Justice Center, the Resurrection Project, Immigration Project will also be starting up immigration units and, and being able to work hand in hand with the public defender's office. So if there's any cases that none, uh, some of us can't take for various reasons, we'll have somebody else to refer to. Oh, that's great. Lupe, do you have any sense of um, how large your staff would have to be to fully serve the immigrant population in this county? I think that's something we're going to continue assessing this first year as we see, as we learn, as yeah. we learn how many people are in custody, how many people need representation. So we're really taking this first year um, to be intentional and responsible with the cases that we take so that we can best leverage our resources. Commissioner, you, you led the funding efforts for this um, unit pilot. So talk to us about the costs of a, a program like this, getting it up and running. Yeah, so I mean, we started with an ask of, I think uh, somewhere around 200,000 at the beginning, we got up to 350. Wow. Um, and, you know, we had, again, it's a partnership with private as well. There's a lot of entities, organizations that see the need. Um, and I think that that is the biggest hope that we have and the biggest, uh, you know, uh, goal that we're gonna have uh, not only as advocates, but also as people that are ensuring that this really gets to to everyone so that we do have universal representation. And I think um, uh, as we continue to see the success, because we know for a fact we're going to see the success, we know that the statistics are there, that if you have an attorney, the outcomes are better. There will be less family separation in Cook County because we have this program in place. Um, mm. So as we start seeing the success, we know we're going to be able to build it up. Um, and we know we're going to continue to shoot for universal representation, not only here, but expanding it throughout the remainder of the 49 states. So was the response positive almost immediately or were there some challenges there? You know, I'm very blessed to have great colleagues on the Cook County Board of Commissioners. We had some great allies like Commissioner Johnson that really jumped on and supported us. Um, and we had a lot of other members that we, you know, once we pr actually presented what it was and the impact, um, there, I mean, we had a unanimous vote 
this means that we are, um, again, looking at protecting our immigrant population, and we're ensuring that we need to uh, continue to advocate for that. Um, and again, the Cook County Board President, Tony Parkwinkle, was on board, and mm-hmm. our colleagues were as well. Um, obviously, it's always a challenge when we try to expand beyond Cook County, um, but we're very hopeful that the advocates will continue to show that this is important and this is going to change lives. So you're having some some good conversations then with your colleagues at, at the county and, and state levels. Absolutely, yes. I mean, we were the the bills you mentioned at the state level were also yeah. championed um, and uh, we didn't get a lot of pushback. Thankfully, there was a lot of understanding. And, you know, you asked me earlier, is it surprising that it took this long? And yeah. I think some of our legislators thought that, too. Right. Like, wait, this isn't happening already. Um, so I think it's very right. Help- right. So you I think you would think this was already in place. Uh, so I think I'm very hopeful about that. Um, and again, we're going to continue to advocate. We're going to continue to showcase the success stories because there's going to be a lot of them. Um, we're very hopeful on that. You've teased a little bit earlier, Ede, but tell us more about uh, what else the Resurrection Project is going to be working on. What can we look forward to? Uh, so, well, we are going to continue to advocate to make sure that the uh, immigration unit continues to grow. She's like, we're working uh, on this. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're also, uh, you know, uh, members of the Healthy Illinois campaign, which mm-hmm. is expanding health care for undocumented immigrants um, in, in Illinois. And, um, you know, we were the first state to do so. Um and then um, some other work is we also have an immigration unit uh, clinic, and so we take cases and see folks that need to adjust their status or apply for DACA or renew their DACA. Right now, my organization is representing me in my DACA renewal. Um, and then also um, working with making sure that the state continues to fund programs like Illinois Access to Justice and that the city continues to fund programs. The city was the first one to do so with the Chicago Legal Protection Fund. And so we want all of those to be able to grow because the need um, for representing immigrants is, is greater than what we have right now. I mean, you mentioned your own DACA case is being worked on right now. So there's a, there's a personal stake in there for you, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm undocumented. I've had DACA since 2012. Um, my dad um, was, you know, deported when I was little. Um, he came back and to be able to be with us. And so, um, you know, I've always known that if my dad goes, is my dad's ever detained, you know, I'm not sure what his options are, but um, I want to have an attorney to be able to talk to him and talk to me and counsel us. Yeah. I'm going to give you the final word, Lupe. No pressure. Uh, tell us where folks can go to, to learn more about immigration representation here in Cook County. Yes. So we have, uh, we're on the Cook County Public Defender's website, and all of our information is available there on how to contact us, phone number, email, um, and then are also our hours for our hotline. That is Guadalupe Perez. She's a staff attorney with the Public Defender's new immigration unit. Cook County Commissioner Alma Anaya and Ere Rendon, Vice President of Immigrant Justice at the Resurrection Project. Thank you all for joining us. That's it for today's Reset. For more conversations about Chicago politics, news, and entertainment, subscribe to this podcast. And please give us a rating. It helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and you can catch us back here tomorrow.
Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.